are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. Ready? Go, go, go. We are your news now. <laughs> right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information. Separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. <laughs> Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. And welcome everybody to Right On Radio. That's right, you are here for a reason. We are news, views, opinions, and attitudes. The theme line of this show is live right in the real world. You will not be able to live right in the real world unless you know what the real world is. And then you can make your own decision on how to live right and she is back <laughs> after missing one broadcast jesse it is so good to be face to face with you once again <laughs> right feels like it's been forever <laughs> well it kind of has been because really we pre-taped the other shows last week so sorry right. <laughs> we, we were both off on a mission from god that's right <laughs> and what good missions they were <laughs> oh yeah so did, did I tell you what I was doing? I think I, I think I did tell you privately what I was doing. <laughs> yes, it sounded like you were getting into lots of trouble, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> so we mentioned on the broadcast a couple of weeks ago that, uh, you know, I didn't feel I had the faith to move a mountain. I have strong faith, but, you know, if I say to a mountain, pick yourself up and move, I'm not actually thinking it's going to happen. So it doesn't happen because my faith isn't that strong. But there's also, uh, you, if you say to this tree, uproot itself. So while I was camping, because you have time when you're camping, I'm focusing on this tree, Jesse, and I'm praying. And I'm saying, God, I believe. I believe. I believe. It, it, it didn't jump out of the ground. I think, Jeff, it's because you chose too small of a tree. The Lord tells us, you know, I mean, we're supposed to go bigger. Ask a second time. So I think you needed to go straight for the mountain and just be like, I command you to move in Jesus' name. I'm still struggling with that. I'll be honest, but I'm going to try it now. There was another theory that Sarah had mentioned to me when I told her the story. She said, you know, perhaps it's because the roots in that went under your campground and he didn't want to turn over your campground. <laughs> grace of God, but but I but I do but I'll tell you that it was a windless day, and I and what I kind of gave up on day three that it wasn't going to uproot itself. <laughs> I said dance, and I <laughs> I tell you the tree just suddenly just went shh, just a little tiny shake. <laughs> okay. All right, I got this. <laughs> well, I think you hit another major point. I think you know we can only do what is within God's will as well. So, you know, I think the moral of the story really is not as much about your faith as it is about God's will in that moment. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, speaking of God's will, we are, he wills us to do a show today. So we're going to get to some stuff as the, uh, the thumbnail I put out uh, said, we're going to decode the Kanye thing, which, you know, I've heard some other people kind of give their opinions on it, but nobody has the insight that Jesse has for this today. But we're also going to talk about something that has been making their rounds and stirring up a lot of buzz. And this, that's this uh, round table that was done 
with uh, with Scott McKay, and uh, he just kind of laid back. So it's not about Scott McKay, but it's about the information that was given. And listen, we're going to tell you the truth as far as we know it and understand. And I want to just stress, just like we did, on, or I did on the Sunday show, Jesse and I believe God did not make a mistake when he put 66 books in the Bible. And that is what we need to study. Unless you know that, you will not know the counterfeits that are out there. So I want to be really clear right at the top of the show. Jesse, which one do you want to cover first? Yeah, I guess let's start with Kanye. Let's start with Kanye. All right. So Kanye is, what was it, a, like a, a birthday party or something? This Donda guy? I, I don't know who the characters are, but he, he's <laughs> doing this. And so it's in a stadium, right? Right. I've seen the film. And well, tell, tell, tell me about it. Well, basically, you know, from what I understood, it's like it's a second marriage ceremony or a remarriage between Kanye and, and Kim. And, uh, you know, he sets himself on fire and, you know, then you see her come out. He's in black, she's in white and, you know, they redo their vows. What um, a great Christian thing to do. This guy <laughs> is the real deal. I mean, he lit himself <laughs> up for her. <laughs> you can't get any more real than that, right? <laughs> I don't know I'm what he was saying. For you, babe. Oh, maybe, I, 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 I was going to say, you know, maybe he was just saying, I'm hot for you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but it's, it's by their fruit you'll know them. So first of all, he... He has this, uh, so a uh, backstory from what I hear is this was what his house looked like that he grew up in, but he decided to make it look like a church. So he put a steeple on it. Right. And then he comes out with Marilyn Manson, another good Christian, according to, uh, to the people <laughs> there and, uh, and some other rapper guy. So, you know, first of all, to me, it looks like the antichrist and the prophet sort of thing. Did you, did you pick up any of that symbolism? Well, was it Marilyn or no? I think it was Ozzy that had the frogs, you know, in their mouth. But, you know, I mean, you definitely don't get any more Christian than Marilyn Manson. And yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. So so listen to this. I, I've been listening to some of the spin, and this is from Kanye friends, people, right? And Kanye Christians, I'll, I'll call them. Um, so first of all, they say people don't get it, man. Because, you know, not only he had Marilyn Manson and everyone's all upset about it because, like, he's this antichrist superstar. That's his own names for himself. But, mm -hmm. he, he, you know, Kanye made him listen to, like, two hours of his Christian music. So he blessed him, man. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, his Christian music, it kind of sounds ritualistic. Yeah, yeah, I've I've talked about that in the past, you know, some of that it's comparable to what I grew up that I called the witchy force or, you know, the energy, you know, let's get the spiritual gates open and all the same rhythm and frequency and yeah. Yeah. And and by the way, just you know, knowing music myself, um, you know, there's only 12 notes in music. There's a couple different a few different octaves, but there's 12 notes. 
Um, some of those uh, tones I don't don't really recognize as notes. Weird. Yeah, that is weird. And you know, I mean, on top of that, you got some of the names of the songs, and uh, you know, I pointed out in the past that with that tour, which some of these songs come from, I mean, he did a huge gospel tour and you know, traveled around, was going to several different major cities and places. And, uh, you know, it was interesting that the last song on the tour just happened to be called Sunshine, which if people know that was my ritual name, you know, who did they use years ago, 1984, you know, during the Reagan administration, um, you know, I've asked for the release of the pictures and the true documents from the transformation project. Um, but, you know, who did they use? They used the little girl whose ritual name was Sunshine. So, you know, it's just kind of interesting that uh, all this stuff is coming back around. And yeah. And, and speaking of that, I'm just going to quickly address a, a rumor. But Jesse, I have to use my hands here as well. Ooh. You are my sunshine. You <laughs> are my sunshine. Okay, and, back and, to the program. And, you know, the queen only has one person that's over her, and it's not really a person. You know, one entity that she has to answer to. So, you know, I think in reality, we both know what happened with that. You know, I went into the throne room, into the courts of heaven, I divorced that bastard Satan on behalf of the entire system and am now demanding full alimony and restitution. So that's what happened with that, people. <laughs> but but Jesse, you're my sunshine. You do you have more power than Satan, Jeff? I'm impressed. <laughs> you kind of have that LeVay thing, you know, he would do that. He would like points with his finger and like that and people would follow and like be under his spell <laughs> <laughs> you almost got it i think you need to use your other finger <laughs> Just, let's not go there <laughs> yeah <laughs> that could turn out bad <laughs> okay yeah listen uh just having some fun here um yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to that another time. So, okay, so he comes out, he's got these two other guys with him. So it's kind of like the triune thing. Right. You know, uh, he comes out. He has Marilyn he Manson as their best man. I mean, I'm just saying, <laughs> out of all the people he could pick, who has Marilyn Manson as <clears throat> his best man? By the way, and, and there's allegations against him, uh, Marilyn Manson, right now that, uh, Actually, you know. Actually, yeah. Um, so, they're just allegations. It, it doesn't mean that he does these things. Just because he does it to himself on stage, you know, it doesn't mean he's into that. You know, he, he just cuts himself for the audience. You know, he, you know, it's uh, because like the prophet get bail, his, his know, blood they, on them as a souvenir. Yeah. Or maybe it was because, you know, his God ball is inconvenienced and he was trying to get his attention, just like the prophets of Baal on top of Mount Carmel, you know, when Elijah went and faced off with them and Jezebel, you know, I mean, we're just saying here, people. <laughs> yeah. So, so he's imitating, he's got, you know, he's got the, the three, they're kind of the, the, the unholy uh, trinity, you might say, representing, at least that's the way I see it. Yeah, I don't know, maybe 
maybe he's a good guy. Um, that's, but then he comes out and he does these miracles. Like he goes off into the sky and he draws fire down, you know, sort of thing with their special effects that they're doing. And by the way, what I, I, there, there, he walked on water a couple of years ago. Right. Of course, there's a piece of glass underneath that water. It wasn't a miracle of God, but you know, he, he did walk on water and, and his fans really think he's uh, Jesus. Like, did you know he's trying to change his name to just ye? Yeah, I, I saw that, which, you know, isn't that like very comparable to Yah or El, you know, in the Hebrew, which was the name of the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And there's that Bible, which, by the way, Kanye did not write. Uh, someone else came out with it. It was kind of a dedication, and they put uh, Jesus. Uh, they replaced Jesus' name with Jesus, and it was a tribute to Kanye. Very interesting. There's a lot coming out, and Scripture tells us in the last days that the false Christ shall arise. Yep. Now, is that false Christ Kanye West? There could be. Now, there's a difference between the false Christ and the Antichrist. So we need to distinguish that, that the Antichrist will be the individual fully embodied as, you know, with the with Satan himself and, you know, will be the person who will raise up Satan's final, we'll call it form, the beast, you know, and will prepare people. Um, he will declare himself as a long-awaited Messiah of Israel. Um, now the false Christ, though, come in the name of Jesus and claim to be the Messiah. And they also, you know, will be known by their signs, wonders, and miracles. Which and, you, and Paul says many of them will come. And actually, Jesus actually said right. in the red letters as well, many of there will be many false Christs and many false prophets. Right. And, and how does that work? You know, it's like as, you know, the one steps forward, all the rest are going to start being empowered by that one. Um, so there's a lot, you know, there's a lot there in that video that um, with this, you know, we've talked about, the fall of the dark side of the system and the rise of the light side of the system and you know what that will entail who are players in that game because it's the light side of the system that will raise up the antichrist so in this there you know even this video you know i would go as far as to say that my personal opinion is that it's not just you know a video it's not just a meaningful ceremony that was done between Kanye and his wife, um, there's so much in it that leads to, you know, I've talked about how the system has been preparing end time rituals for generations. Um, one of those rituals um, comes at a certain period in time, and that's only after the dark side of the system has fallen. And, you know, I've brought out that you know, the individual who um, sat at the top seat and ran the Satanic Council, uh, that position is called the Phoenix, the Phoenix of the Order. And, um, you know, that was formerly um, Soros and... And now it's 44. Right, now it's 44. And uh, so with that, though, um, you know, 
the, how do we know when the dark side has completely fallen and the light side has taken that control of that position? Well, you know, this ceremony was part of that. Um, with the system, you know, they it goes all the way back to some of the material out of one of their books called Legendo. Um, with that book, it talks about the two forces that you have, you know, one that's light, one that's dark, one that's male, one that's female, one that's good, one that's evil. And there's always a switching in that in those representations as to who's really the good one, who's really evil, who's really male, who's really female. Um, and so we see, you know, even in this video, you've got the dark, you know, after Kanye set on fire, he, you've got the dark outfit, you've got Kim coming out in the light outfit. Now we know she's not really, we'll just say, you know I mean? We'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Maybe she has a good heart, but I've brought out that, you know, it's my knowledge and belief that she is a grand high priestess, um, you know, for the, the Western quadrants. And, you know, as she comes out and stuff, you've got her in that white, um, you know, so you've got all that representation of the equilibrium there. And so, we but, see but the Jessica, it's also, it also seems to be, because it was a it was a mockery of Christ with the with the false prophet and everything else, and then being set on fire, which is like a purification thing, and then coming for his bride, right? Which is a, because Christ is going right. to come for his bride. So I don't I don't want to interrupt there, what, what you're saying, more. but is that is that yeah, is that all part of this ritual? Yes, it is. And so I was getting there. That was great to bring out. Um, so before you get there, though, too, even the emulation or the setting oneself on fire, you know, why was that done? It's, you know, part of the beliefs behind that is that, you know, that death to self and the rising to life. So basically, he was declaring himself a god. Um, that's the belief behind the emulation is that you are a god. So in front of Marilyn Manson in front of, you know, his bride, he's declaring himself to be the sun god, the phoenix. Um, but it's also, it with that ritual, you know, it's always been that um, as the false Christ arises, he's going to bring his prophets with him. And, you know, he's going to declare himself a god. And, you know, he is coming for his bride. Um, so it's a direct statement, you know, from the enemy that uh, we are not the bride of Christ, that we belong to Satan, which we know is not true. You know, we are the bride of Christ. We have full authority. Um, so now begins the testing of the faith. That's what that whole ritual was about. It's part of the great apostasy, the turning away of the saints of God to follow the false Christ, to follow the false Messiah, to believe that, you know, Satan is the Messiah. Um, so that's all part of that great falling away that Revelations talks about, that unless these days were cut short, that even the, the elect would fall away. So Satan really is going after our hearts now and our faith. And we, you know, it's all the more important that we stand on the truth, we stand 
upon the word of God, um, you know, we're, the church has not taught us about how powerful a weapon the word of God is. And, um, you know, that's where our divine weapons that are not of this world are going to come from is out of the word of God. So more than ever, we need to be very careful at this time and know where, exactly where our feet are standing. So there's there's a couple things you said that were super interesting, but I have to go back to a, a very strong statement that you said, uh, that this particular ritual would not be done until the dark side has fallen. So do you take this as a confirmation that the dark side has fallen or they know they're done and they're hanging on? Uh, what do you see there, Jesse? Um, I'll put yes, and then I'll put um, some of my, I'll present it as personal knowledge and belief. Um, this ceremony could not be done until um, the higher levels on the dark side of the system have died. So there's some very important implications that happened with this and the timing of it. So, okay, uh, look, um, obviously uh, I don't have confirmation. I don't think you do either, but the I, Yep, I the do not either, but the, the implication, implication would be 44 would be gone. The implication would be that they are all gone. They're all gone. That would be the implication, yes. But like you said, we do not have confirmations on that. Um, but that would be the implication of that ceremony. Well, you know, so but I, I've got a process. This, this, this is the first time I'm hearing this, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, this is a this is a huge statement that we've just heard uh, Jesse make, and Jesse knows these things better than most people would. Um, look, we know that uh, that there's some actors out there. There's some people wearing masks. We know CGI technology. Mm -hmm. Everyone's seen videos where they can change someone's voice so they could make my voice sound like anybody's. Uh, you know, uh, through the miracle of the uh, the technology that's out there, uh, we shouldn't call it a miracle. It's just a man-made stuff. But uh, mm -hmm. you know, this is really big. And what really kind of strikes me as as I hear this is, you know, Jesse, two months ago, um, and it was actually brought up by me. Uh, I said, "Listen, I felt something break in the spirit, and it was time mm -hmm. to celebrate." And you felt it the same night and quite often the Lord kind of gives us the same things on the, on the same night. And I think that he does that. So we have confirmations, but wow. Wow. So we're almost there. Well, I would say we're getting there, but you know, it's all the more important right now to keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, and the truth. Um, I was trying to remember earlier what we had brought out. Um, oh, you, we were discussing behind uh, before we started the show, some of the things with uh, Manson and his background um, about the cutting and stuff. Did you want to bring some of that out? And sure. Bring, yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, in his live performances, uh, and I've only seen video of it. I've never attended his concert or his rituals, I should say, because they are rituals. Let's listen. I've been saying that about, and I didn't know this. I I've gone to hundreds, maybe, maybe a thousand concerts. And I'll mm -hmm. tell you now that I know what I know, uh, most of them are rituals, the way they do the lights, the way they do everything their rituals and his are blatant because he's a, he cuts himself on stage he puts glass on the floor he rolls in it he's wearing like a leather bondage outfit you know everything that's masculine is feminine and feminine is masculine and you know everything is complete perversion of well listen it's his big hit album was antichrist superstar should i say more <laughs> you don't need to say more on that, <laughs> but, but it's interesting, you know, there's so many um, implications, so many things that they draw from that, you know, we really don't understand or catch, um, you know, as we're talking about that in light of some of these rituals, you know, now is the time that we need to remember even more the word of God. And, you know, it talks about that we overcome the evil one by the word of our testimony and the blood of the lamb. And, you know, what happens as we come to Christ? Uh, what happens when we um, die with him and are raised to new life in him? You know, within us, there's something at a quantum level that happens. You know, our there's a physical, spiritual, um, quantum level change that occurs, you know, where we are no longer of the flesh. And a lot of people, you know, don't understand all the implications with the blood through scripture. And I would encourage people to really study it. Um, and I, I'm going to try to be bringing out more about all of this in the days ahead. But, you know, it goes all the way back to Adam um, you know, as you break down that Hebrew word, Adam, um, the second part of his name, the D-A-M, um, the first one, the A often, you know, represents a, a type um, or like a copy. And the D-A-M in Hebrew um, is the word for blood. Um, so literally it meant that, you know, he was um, an image of what, you know, you have to ask. He was, scripture tells us he was made in the image of God. What was that image? What was that imprint that he was made from? It was the blood, you know, God's blood. So, um, so you know, that's important in our understanding because the blood is not the physical blood as we all know it. You know, it, it revolves around the glory of God, the light of his essence, the radiance of his presence. Um, you know, even scripture tells us that Jesus Christ was the exact representation, the exact, um, you know, radiance of his glory. Um, so that's important. And as we start to study that, there's a connection between the blood, the glory, the radiance. And this is really what they're mocking in these rituals and these things, um, you know, th that, uh, you know, when they're cutting themselves, that blood cries out um, because, you know, they're 
you know, they're, they're really mocking that glory, that presence of the Lord that is holy and righteous and just. And, you know, they're spilling blood needlessly on the earth, um, you know, which is one of the things that was sacred to the Lord was the life. And, and there's so much more that's going to come out of this. I, I just as yeah. before we went on air, I was mentioning to you, I was talking to Cisco again uh, last night. We spent about an hour and a half and she was telling me more about the blood. And, and by the way, mm -hmm. we have a second channel uh, that's on YouTube. You got to subscribe and not enough people saw those. A lot of people on Podbean record shows on Podbean for those two Cisco shows, but I had to put them on the second channel. And if you haven't seen them, uh, your mind is going to be blown. They're probably the two most important shows, in my opinion, that we've done so far. And the second one, the title is It's All About the Blood. And some mm -hmm. of the stuff that comes out in that is going to send shockwaves. And you're going to understand a lot more of what's going on today, particularly with the mm -hmm. Aboriginal people and things like that. But, Jesse, we, you know, when, when you're saying that... Uh, uh, you know, when, when you're, especially the A-dam thing, so the mm -hmm. A could be the type in dam is the word for blood. But, you know, we hear people say, you know, God and then that word and it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say it because it's it's terrible. Uh, but, you know, that that's, it's such an opposite word and they use it as a condemnation. And, you know, when they use the word dam, quite honestly, mm -hmm. you know, it's a, it's a, condemnation and you know that can't be a coincidence either no or even you know the same spelling of it you know is used for our water dams and what do those do they clog or block up well that's you know a, a complete opposite or mockery of what the lord really intended you have the you know the blood the water the oil together you know, the spirit, the fire of God, all moving as one. And what does the enemy do? He builds all these representations, all these mockeries on the earth, you know, that are always before the Lord's face. Um, you know, that, you know, saying, hey, I've clogged up the flow of the water, the Holy Spirit, you know, um, through the blood. The blood is the church has no idea about what the implications of the blood of Christ within us are. And, you know, we're not even using that as a weapon and everywhere the enemy has all these signs and symbols to God reminding him daily that, you know, he's deceived, he's fooled to the point that we are ineffective as the church, our testimonies and the use of the power of the blood of the lamb um, you know, we're not, we're not overcoming the evil one with it right now. Um, you know, and that it's about time that changes because yeah, and, and it so doesn't mean we've lost the war. You know, we're at the precipice of the battle. And right now we're bringing the truth that we have overcome the evil one. And we are the saints of the living God. We are the bride of Christ. And this is the last hour we're going to be bringing it. And the enemy is going to be running. And and so, you know, just a quick statement on that. First of all, we're not against modern engineering and the controlling of the flow of water. We think that that's good. We, right. We're given dominion and management over the earth, and I think that's good stewardship. The fact that they call it a dam 
Uh, and that's the way that they have manip manipulated everything, like everything. Uh, look, we're going to get into church steeples. We're going to get into all kinds of stuff. But what I think one of the focuses of this show has to be, Jesse, going forward is essentially, so what our audience has asked for is we need to expose more of the apostasy and the light. And we're going to get to that in, in a second because uh, we don't want anyone to fall, uh, first of all. And one of the things that is, really has been on my heart since really since the, the day that Jesse came on to co-host this show is, listen, she has a lot of knowledge that's hidden knowledge. God spoke plainly, but but the but they but a lot of the things have kept away from us and and by the way they're in the bible the canonized bible we just haven't known to see them we haven't uh like you know i was speaking with uh, with a friend of mine who taught me a different way to look at the bible like i look at it uh, from a stewardship point of view but then i was told to look at it as a contractual point of view mm -hmm. and the whole bible came to life again it's so deep mm -hmm. but now yeah. We need to extract the weapon that it is. And the word of God is the mightiest weapon. It is word of God and prayer are, are you know, weapons of mass destruction against the enemy. And on this show going forward, not every single show, of course, but going forward, we're going to be discovering these weapons and applying them together. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, if we start a good segue for, you know, going into the second part of our show here is exactly that, the blood. Um, you know, what does scripture say? It says that the blood speaks on our behalf. The blood of Christ speaks on our behalf. It testifies on our behalf. It bears witness on our behalf. And, you know, so with that, what we're seeing now is that all these things about, you know, the blood, the DNA, um, you know, when we talk about the blood, it's not just always the flowing blood. It can mean the bloodlines, the, you know, the DNA, the, the, um, you know, heritage of an individual, all of that stuff is coming to the surface right now. And, uh, you know, when they talk about, you know, what did they find under the Vatican, the library, the books, all those things that have been hidden from us, you know, what were some of those books? You, you've got the, you know, the records, the annuals, um, a lot of the knowledge and the mass amount of those books uh, were written by King Solomon. You know, the Lord gave him wisdom to um, be able to scientifically, logically, concretely, tangibly, but also spiritually look at things. You know, you can't just take part of that knowledge um, and, you know, not link it all together. Um, you know, what we've done is we've taken what Solomon had put together. You know, he looked at things again, you know, scientifically, mathematically, historically, spiritually, all of that was interconnected. Um, you know, I'm trying to think how to put into words what I well, want to say. And the Masons really deify in many ways Solomon. They separated things. Yeah, they separated things. So, like, you know, I had a, I, 
the way things were presented to me, I had a vast knowledge of the spiritual aspect of things. What was denied, you know, some of, or I'll say a lot of scientific stuff as well. One of the things that was denied me was the mathematical knowledge and how it all interconnected. So, you know, a couple of years back in 2016, you know, I had a friend and we were having this conversation and he's like, oh, math proves everything. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. And he's like, absolutely it does. And I said, okay, if I was talking to an atheist, how am I mathematically going to prove to them that, that the spiritual exists? And he's like, that's really easy. And I'm like, okay, really give it to me. You know, I, I was expecting something complicated, <laughs> even though he told me it was easy. He goes, well, you've got X, which is the physical world. You got Y, which is the spiritual world. And you will always, it will always equal X, Y, the physical and the spiritual existing together. And I was like, oh my gosh, you just proved to me mathematically that the spirit world exists. <laughs> well, it didn't stop there, okay? You know, I was like, well, what about the imagination, you know? And he goes, well, then you put it into a triangle. You know, you've got X, the physical, Y, the spiritual, and Z, the imagination. He said, you can't, with the triangle, you can't have any of those existing without the other two. He's like, they always prove, you know, the, the imagination proves both the physical and the spiritual. And I was like, oh, my goodness, again, with math, you've just given to me the but keys. But Jesse, someone's going to say the triangle is a tool of Satan. You got to remember, first, it was created by God. <laughs> so the enemy <laughs> just likes to twist and use the things of God. Well, think about it this way. Where did Satan get all his knowledge? his symbols, everything that he uses, it came from being in the presence of God and talking with God, understanding, knowing the things God had created. So, you know, we but have to remember. It. He perverts it as a mockery. That's right. So, you know, going back to that, though, um, you know, all of these things, all of this knowledge the church has kept, you know, you don't learn as a kid you know, you learn to question the spiritual. You learn to only believe the physical and what can be proven. You learn that science and mathematics are physical proven things, you know, with numbers and all that stuff. But you don't see how it all interconnects. You know, they don't teach you that by math you can prove all of the spiritual truths. Um, you know, we're not taught that. So, you know, that's what the church has done with this vast knowledge. They have taken it so they can only apply or use certain things. Um, who gets all of this wisdom and knowledge of of the in, how things work together? Well, it's the high-level Luciferians. You know, they know that math proves spiritual truths. Uh, they know that science proves spiritual truths. Um, you know, even physics proves things exist at a quantum level. Um, you know, so this is what they've kept from us. And they have meticulously, you know, said that they, you know, have had scribes who have copied these books and, um, you know, for centuries. And we call them the meticulous scribes. I want to really bring that out as a new word 
because we need to be cautious of the things that the meticulous scribes copied. Um, you know, I would put out there that these were Jesuits at, at the core, which we know are connected with, you know, the departments of the system, the Masons, uh, the Templars, um, they all work hand in hand together. That knowledge, you know, has been guarded for centuries. And it doesn't mean, knowledge does not mean that it is all truth. Only the Lord's word is absolute truth and everything has to be held against the word of God. Um, you know, otherwise we go back to, you know, what was the cause of the original fall of man? You know, it was knowledge. Um, you know, we, we never talk about the church doesn't even talk about the heavenly libraries, you know, that scripture tells us that the Lord has books where he has written the days that are formed for us, that he's literally written out all the days he formed for us. Well, where are those writings kept? They're kept in the heavenly libraries. Who's had access to those libraries? You know, the angels. Uh, what happened when those angels fell? Did they just forget that knowledge that they had read? Um, you know, are some of them still able to get access? Is Satan still able to get access to those libraries and use those books? Are, are they able to? I, I'm posing it as a question out there. You know, I want people to think for themselves. You know, how do they know these things? How do psychics, you know, where do they get their knowledge from? How do they know things that may happen to us? You know, is it because they're foretelling? Um, where does that word really come from? What does it really mean? Is it knowledge that just randomly comes across their mind that happens to come forth? Or is the foretelling that they've read the book um, and they're sharing the end of the story ahead of time? Now, Maybe that, one of the that things means. when you go back to the garden, of course, that I just, there's the tree of life and then there's the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? So right. what I'm hearing is they're going to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Which, you know, that word knowledge is an intimate experience or entangling with, you know, it's a participation with. So, you know, we've taken that experience out of our category, you know, that knowledge is not just a head knowing, that it's something that we experience, whether spiritually, physically, um, you know, we are engaging in an experience with something, you know? So, so Jesse, you, when you were talking about the math thing, I started typing something out and it took me longer because I was trying to put a line there and make it look like a, a, a formula, but because people saw it on the screen, I have to just do a quick, quick explanation of it. Uh, and for people on pod being, um, but you carried on and I, you know, I didn't want to interrupt. Oh, <laughs> people are going to ask what this was. So, when you're talking about mathematics proves uh, the things in the spirit world, uh, this is something that uh, that basically comes from a friend of mine who is an astrophysicist. Uh, this guy, super, super brilliant guy, obviously. Um, and uh, sorry, nuclear physicist. 
anyways, um, he showed me this equation one time, and and he's not a born again believer, but he he's he's Jewish, you know he, and he's super super smart. He practices the Jewish faith, um, and he showed me this formula, and basically instead of saying spirit, he put an S. And then he puts the line and then under, so it looks like a fraction, right? Um, mm -hmm. And under it is M-E-S-T. So S over M-E-S-T. And he says, mm -hmm. you know, first of all, something that you and I have been saying for a year now, everything is created in the spiritual before it happens here in the physical. Right. You don't have a, you, you can't build a boat unless you have a thought about building a boat. Can you touch a thought? A thought is a spiritual thing, right? Um, so right. just for people who are new to the program, I wanted to say that. So what happens is if everything is created in the spirit, then what is in the physical? Well, M-E-S-T stands for um, mass, energy, space, and time. And so we have mass, and mass, by the way, is held together by spirit. Mm -hmm. Because all those little atoms floating around that look identical, that float around, they have the nucleus and they have all these different things. How do they stick together? Right. There's nothing that would hold them together. Why is my desk brown and made out of wood when it's just a whole bunch of uh, the same looking particles that are, you know, build, you know, a light bulb or, you mm -hmm. know, why are these things different? Because it's a, it's the collection of the atoms and it's God that holds them together. But it started off in someone's brain as a thought and then they engineered it, probably had a lot of failures and stuff like that. But somehow God permitted all those atoms to stay together. So that's the mass. And then there's always energy because an atom is always moving. And so, you know, I just mentioned my desk and I'm thinking that because my hands are touching it. But my desk is not going to be here 200 years from now, right? It, it, it's possible it could be, but it probably won't be because these things wear and wear out because they're constantly, the energy is moving out of them and they're they're experiencing wear and tear. My When my hand brushes across the top of the desk, I'm actually sweeping away atoms, mm -hmm. right? So there's the energy and then there's space, which is, you know, the, the space inside of atoms and atoms kind of depending on their energy flow, expand and contract and things like that. And there's different things that affect the space inside the atoms. And then there's time, which, by the way, is just a man-made invention. Time does not exist. Time is a measurement that man created. And yes, we, we, our bodies only last a certain amount of time, but really time is just, a, it's, it's, it's doesn't exist. We just put together a measurement system. That's all it is, right? So there's mass, energy, uh, space, and the measurement system, all controlled by the spirit. So I <laughs> just wanted to put that out there because people would have been confused, but math really does prove everything. Uh, and... The, you know, the math and science really, the, the further you go in it, they don't disprove God at all. They only prove God. It's only the talking heads on TV that use it to disprove it because they have an agenda. 
And by the way, the TV goes across the ethereal, it's across the airwaves. Who's the prince of the air? Who controls that? Yeah, Satan. Whose side are they serving, right? So, Yeah, but going back to those, you know, that topic with the math, the science, all of that, you know, what they've done is they've taken a lot of that knowledge that was in the books. Um, A lot of it, you know, again, I'll say was from Solomon. And, you know, where's the higher knowledge, you know, as Solomon got deeper and deeper into this quantum tangling with things, you know, I'll just kind of, this isn't, you know, how it really is. I'm just stating a comparison here. So it's like, you know, he started off with that wisdom that God gave him and, and wrote like textbooks for mathematics, textbooks for science, you know, test textbooks on biology, how things worked, how things were put together, textbooks on engineering, all of this stuff, you know, and he's mathematically, scientifically figuring all this stuff out. Well, you know, we've been taught that knowledge is okay. So that's what's been shared, you know, at the universities, things like that. But do we get to see the real books that Solomon wrote? No. Okay. Now, why is that? Because as he got deeper and deeper into things, you ended up with things like the keys of Solomon, where he, you know, talks about, he names, he tells you how to invoke, how to summon the 72 demons that he came in contact with. Um, As it gets even further, um, you know, you get into the very dark magic and entangling um, where you learn that, you know, those numbers, those words, those breaths um, cause a reaction, you know, that it's, it's not just a word you say that when you say that word, something happens in the universe. Um, So all of this knowledge just keeps getting deeper and deeper. And, you know, what was at the core of that? It's, you know, what we've been talking about, you know, that Solomon knew that you, as you, um, manifest things in the spirit, then they manifest in the physical world, um, which at its essence, you know, what is that? But, um, you know, scripture tells us that all things were created by the word of God. And so it's coming in alignment, you know, with God's sovereign will. Um, Can you work outside of that? Absolutely not. You know, do people try to change it at the highest levels? They do. But it, at the end of the day, you know, there's only one God Almighty who's sovereign and who is in charge of all things, and nothing is done outside of his will. And his word says that, you know, every word that he has spoken sets out to do exactly what he has purposed it to do. Um, so, you know, as we struggle with the good, the evil, the light, the dark, all of it at the end of the day, accomplishes exactly what God has purposed it to do. And we need to accept that fact, um, whether we like it or not, it's accomplishing what he's purposed. Um, so with that, you know, a lot of stuff is starting to come out about the Jesus strand, um, you know, the the seed of Cain, the, the DNA, um, you know, and a lot of people, you know, I put stuff out there because I want people to wrestle with it. Like we have to not be afraid to look at original sources. You know, I'm not encouraging you to go out and and dive into the 
top black magic books. You know, no. that's not no. what I'm saying. But it's important to look at things from the original sources and not be afraid to wrestle with that knowledge with God. You know, a lot of these books that are outside of scripture, you know, I've, I've read them. I've, you know, taken the time to wrestle with God over these true things that are in them, you know, versus the truth that's in God's word. And, um, you know, so one of the things was Mary Magdalene. Um, you know, that's really where a lot of the, you know, the system, which what other names does it go by? The Illuminati, you know, um, there's books out there with Dante's Inferno, um, the decodes, all of those um, books are, you know, meant to get us looking at Mary Magdalene and to pose the idea, you know, was Jesus married? Did he have a seed? Will that seed, you know, be the seed that was promised to David that would rule forever, um, that, you know, would ha would come and be the fullness of God in the physical form, the king over Israel that they've cried out for from the beginning. You know, when God led him out of Egypt, they had one king. They had the Lord himself who appeared a cloud. He appeared as a cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night, and he led them. He talked with them. What did Israel do? First, you know, he was speaking to them off the mountain and they cried and whined and begged and said, your voice is too great for us. We will die. We cannot hear your voice directly. So don't speak to us directly. Then they shoved Moses right in front of them and they said, speak to him. Okay. So only Moses got to hear God's voice directly because the people did not want to hear it. Then they whined and complained, you know, well, we want a king. The other nations have kings. How come we don't have a king? You know, they didn't want God as their, as king. their king. Yes. Okay. So this goes even back to that. What, what was the whole thing behind the Messiah? You know, the promised Messiah was the physical manifestation of God in the flesh who would be their king. And what did they expect of that king? They expected that he would be exactly like the king of the nations. The mighty warrior who's coming. They didn't expect him on a donkey. That's right. And so, you know, all of this is about, you know, who is their God and their kingship? Who Who is the Lord over their lives? And it's the same. Nothing is new under the sun. Everything goes back to these it's, things. It's the same thing today. That's right. People don't want to have God over their lives because they want to do whatever they want to do. Do what thou wilt. I guess that's what the uh, what the uh, the other side pushes. And God says, "Listen, if you want to touch a if you want to touch a hot stove, you can touch a hot stove. But I'm as as your father. I'm telling you, don't do it. Right? Um, right. You know, uh, God doesn't want you. He'll let you choose to do all these things, but God doesn't want you to do them. And you know, listen, we want to be very clear on this program. Uh, Jesse and I, neither of us think that Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene. Okay. 
No. no. And, the and the Bible gonna... did not get it wrong. We believe the 66 books of the Bible and the record that God put out there. We believe that God created the heavens and the earth. We are made in his image, you as well, and that he can keep a book together. That's right. And what the church doesn't tell us is unique about those 66 books is that out of all of the books that the Vatican and the church has had for centuries, um, those 66 were specifically chosen and put together because they all complement each other, especially in regards to the area of who is the Christ, who is the Messiah, who's the one to come. All of them have typos or genealogies. Um, they all lead back to the Messiah. Even, you know, those long genealogies um, in the book of Genesis and the book of Chronicles and, you know, the different books like that, people are like, why? Why are there all those lists of names? Okay, what's the whole point of this being in our Bible? It's vitally important. Um, you know, I did a study... Yeah, I did a study once on all of those names when you break them down in the in the actual Hebrew. So several times throughout scripture, you've got these massive lists. Each and they all one, tell a story. They all tell a story. And the story, it's the salvation message. Literally, like some of the names are mean snub-nosed, and it talks about the snub-nosed people who rejected God. And yet he would send them a deliverer. He would redeem them. He would save them from their sins. These names literally spell out the gospel message. Yeah. And all of them, they spell out the gospel message. So, you know, nothing in scripture was by accident. Nothing in these books chosen was by accident. It was all purposeful to lead us to the true Messiah um, over and over and over again, you know, Jesus Christ is proven through these scriptures that he is, you know, the son of God come in the flesh. And even, you know, Hebrews, um, the book of Hebrews talks about, you know, creation versus the begotten son. Um, you know, what does created mean? It means that literally we were a breath that was spoken and, and formed what does begotten mean? Uh, begotten literally means like a splinter of wood. It's a piece of something that's taken off. So why is Jesus Christ called the only begotten son? Because literally he was a piece of the God that came in the flesh in a tangible form. Um, so it's all important and we need to not be afraid to wrestle. But going back to Mary, you know, you know, what is the century old Holy Grail that's been talking about? Well, you know, the Illuminati has made that, you know, the word for the chalice. And what does the chalice represent? It represents the womb of the woman, which they say is Mary Magdalene's womb. That, you know, what was it, the Holy Grail that gave eternal life? It was all about the seed, the seed of Christ. Um, but, you know, the Catholic Church is not the only one who kept records of the life of Mary Magdalene. Uh, the Orthodox Church has kept meticulous records about Mary Magdalene. And um, 
you know, she really was a beautiful person. You know, we're not told by the church what happened after Christ died or even the full story of, you know, all that, why she was at the tomb. You know, she was the first one to tell the Peter and John that he had risen. You know, when she saw him at the tomb, you know, how did she respond? Did she respond? I mean, think about this logically. If, if she was really his wife and they had a child together, when she saw he wasn't dead, would her response have been Rabboni, which means teacher? I mean, I'm sorry. If, if it was my you know, love of my life that I had a child that I was carrying in the womb, that I just watched horrifically die and then he's alive, I would not be like, teacher. That would not be my term of endearment that I would use. No. You know, and, why and much like you Jesse, if I was your handler, you would call me master. <laughs> <laughs> yes, master. <laughs> but, oh, she said it. There's confirmation. Everyone's going to write about it now. <laughs> we'll mark hey, that. Let's make that go viral. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Actually, that might be the one time I do take a clip out. <laughs> So, but I mean, think about that. So she uses the term master, okay? And, you know, what the Orthodox Church has is is all, you know, they, they have the writings and the stuff about Mary's involvement with the apostles afterwards. She was one of the major women involved in their ministry and one of the supporters who, you know, traveled with them, who helped build the church, um, you know, amazing gifted woman who really devoted her life to the truths of the gospel and bringing things forward and spreading, you know, the gospel and building the church. Um, you know, so I encourage people to really start looking into those truths because, you know, that's the truth of who Mary was, you know, she was a very devoted Christian woman Um who gave her life to bringing forward the truce. Um, not once did she ever claim that she was the wife. Not once did she ever claim to have a child. Um, you know, that's what the enemy would like us to believe. And, you know, it goes, they did the same thing with Mary, the mother of, of Jesus, you know, um, if, when you get into deeper Masonic, the, you know, beliefs, ideologies, you get into, you know, we'll say the black Madonna, the black um, Christ, um, which all goes back to the Messiah, the false Messiah, the Antichrist. Um, some of this is all part of the building and the bringing forward of that great apostasy, apostasy. so that when the Antichrist stands in that temple in Israel, not only is all Israel going to declare him as their long-awaited Messiah, and God, but much of the world is going to declare him as God come in the flesh. So that's why it's all the more important to, you know, know these things, to hold on to these truths. And, um, yeah. and they're only found in, you don't know a counterfeit unless you study the real thing, the real thing, the 66 books from the Bible. So, so Oh, all of a sudden I'm getting an echo. That's weird. 
Hmm. Uh, listen, regardless, I, I'm going to start bringing this home, Jesse. You've given us such amazing content today, and the Jesus strand is really right. So I want to address specifically, we don't normally call out people. We don't normally call out, uh, uh, you know, other shows by name, but you know, this thing, uh, this, that show with Scott McKay did with that round table has really gotten a lot of traction and we're not coming out against anyone that was on the show. So, no. you know, one of the, one of the people that was on the show is someone you've done a couple shows with, yeah. uh, Bryce, I've never met her. Yeah. Uh, but I've actually watched some of her work. I think she's a brilliant researcher. I believe she probably that's, has a really good heart as well. Um, she does. And, you know, that's why I brought forward that show, because people need to know the research. They need to know the information. And that's what you're going to get with Bryce, you know, and even that whole show, that whole panel, it was excellently done. They didn't, you know, their purpose was to give you the information and that's what they brought forward was all of their research on that information. So we have to understand in context. They weren't giving you their opinions. They weren't giving you the biblical or the outside sources or connecting it with the biblical information. They were just giving you the information straight. Um, you know, so there's nothing wrong with that. We have to be able to, you know, like I said, you have to know what those sources are say, know what the information is. It's valuable in that. Um, it you know, is, but Jesse, I want to, I want to say, because the way some people hear this is, oh my good, the, the cabal has kept this from us and Jesus was married and people take it as fact and run with it. And you know, that's the that's danger. That's exactly what happened. That that's the danger of it. And you know, so we have to be careful. What Jesse said is they're just putting out information from their research they're not saying it is fact uh maybe they think it's fact i don't know i'm not going to judge them uh you know that's up to god uh, we're telling you what we believe here on this show uh, and then there was the uh negative 48 who i've actually reached out to uh, i sent him a message and and sarah sent him a message mm -hmm. real interesting guy he had a very interesting premise that I think is worth exploring. Um, look, yeah. no one knows, nobody knows, but uh, he had a really great premise that uh, that the original uh, JFK would come back as the Antichrist, and that, and he figured that out through Gematria. Okay, so I'm going to put out a disclaimer. This is just me speaking. I'm not speaking for Jesse here. Just Jeff speaking to you. Look, uh, he claims Gematria is God's language. Okay, I'm kind of open to it, kind of open to it. Um, I was not a fan of Gematria to begin with, but I did realize that Trump was speaking in simple Gematria, so I started looking into Gematria, and it's a real thing. Uh, whether it's God's language or not, well, I, I actually disagree with that, but that's okay. It doesn't mean it can't be useful, and it doesn't mean it doesn't have a purpose. Uh, so, uh, But the way he got to his conclusion was really compelling. Uh, and it was compelling to me because if you think about it, JFK died of a hand head injury. And yet we have the, you know, the, uh, the antichrist is going to recover from this amazing head injury that no one should recover from. And so I just kind of started putting some of those together and, and man, what a, what a deception that the world would love to, to cheer out if that happened. Right. Um, uh, 
look, I, I personally think the person will come from Europe and, you know, uh, but I don't, but, but I don't know. I don't know. But, but there's some interesting com complications with that theory as well. You know, we've had um, some individuals, uh, Cisco Wheeler is one of them, who's brought forward that, you know, as a young child, um, her father visited Onassis Island and that JFK was being held there, sedated um, for a very long time. And so really, you know, he didn't die, but what do, did the system want the world to believe? You know, what are they using to cause these um, apostasies that people will grasp and believe, you know? Um, so we have to wrestle with these things and not be afraid to wrestle. We also have to really guard our faith and our hearts and, you know, stand firm in the truth and what we know. That's why I continuously lead people back to scriptures in regards to the Antichrist, because as we see those scriptures fulfilled, you know, we will know the Lord's going to show us, um, you know, who those individuals are, who the players in the game are. Um, many I've brought forward, you know, and I've been talking about, I've been sharing stories about, um, you know, trying to show people, you know, who are we looking for at this stage of the game? You know, we've got four major players um, who are going to come alongside of the Antichrist. We have the prophet who, you know, is going to be um, somebody who's um, from the Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, their job is to work in conjunction with the Pope and uh, the priest, who the priest will be the um, the high priest who stands up with Israel. Um, so the prophet and the priest will work together with the, the Pope to, you know, create that uh, one world religion and prepare people for the worship of the beast. Um, so Jesse, then, hold on, hold on. You just made news here. You just made news here because I have not heard you say it as boldly as you just did. The prophet is going to come from the Muslim Brotherhood. And the Pope is going to be the witness. Did I, or did I back, did I get that backwards? Mm, no, pretty close. You're going to have them working hand in hand together. So it, the current Pope is, you believe, is going to be there. I didn't say the current Pope. I just said the Pope. The Pope. The okay, okay. All right. No, no, no. Fair enough. I want to clarify because people yeah. are going to hear things here. But okay. you said from the Muslim Brotherhood. What makes you think that? Um, it, it's not a what makes me think that. It's that's the way that I learned things were going to be. You're going to from see training. a coming together, a treaty between Israel and those who are of the line of Ishmael, um, who are the other sons of Abraham. And so the prophet will come from that line. Um, and by the way, that gets proved out, in my opinion, in the book of Revelation as well, because there is a treaty. And let's face it, uh, you know, it, there's good, this person uh, who rises as the Antichrist is going to bring world peace for a little bit and everyone's going to love it right everyone's going to love him he's going to be the greatest hero of all time believe me 
This guy's going to put on a show. You think Hollywood magic is great? Wait till you see what this guy does. Right? And even as we go back, I mean, if we break it down further to understand it in its fullness, you know, these lines all go back to Abraham. And, you know, God had promised him a son. God had promised that he'd be the father of many nations. When that wasn't happening, you know, he turned his wife, Sarah, turned to an old method in the nations around them where, you know, the woman would give her servant and that child then would become their child um, after she gave her servant to her husband. So, you know, she gave Abraham Hagar and out of that, you know, Hagar bore Ishmael. So, you know, you've got Ishmael and you then you have Isaac who came later um, that the 12 tribes of Israel come from that heritage. So, you know, all these centuries, we've had these two nations warring. But what's going to bring them back together is that they all are the seed or the bloodline of Abraham. And they're going to return to, you know, the faith of Abraham, the God of Abraham. And that's where you're going to start to see the pulling together of the one world religion. Um, that they will formulate that together, Israel and uh, the bloodline of Ishmael. Um, is probably the easiest way to understand it, uh, which is in essence the 14th bloodline or the Muslim Brotherhood. So, um, so then you you know you've got those two players, the priests and the prophet, and then you have the phoenix, who we talked about you know, as the individual over the satanic or druidic council, um, you know, their job is to, they'll probably be the main player next to the antichrist. And then you have, um, let me see, who am I forgetting? No, no, hold on, hold on, because that sounded like a contradiction, Jesse. Um, if that person is gone, how can they be the person next to the antichrist? Well, the phoenix rises again, uh, but it doesn't mean it will be 44. Uh, you got to think of position. You got to think of positions that people can be put into those positions. Um, well, and people have been replaced by every generation, I guess, essentially as well. Right. And then you, the last player out of those four is you're going to have the Pindar who you know, is the top sits in the 100, we'll just say, you know, we've been told there's not more than 33 degrees or, or um, levels in masonry. Um, you know, I will testify that there are 100. There is an individual who has taken that 100th degree. And so that person is the Pindar. Their job is kind of to oversee the financial, the economic um, change to the one world system. So we'll see those four really starting to come together now, um, connecting, relating to each other. Um, along with them, you're going to have four other individuals who, you know, I just call the four kings. Um, they are world leaders who will join together uh, with these other four players. Um, so we'll see, you know, four world, world leaders starting to interact with, you know, somebody who's big in finances, economics, somebody who's, you know, of 
uh, Muslim Brotherhood descent, somebody who's the high priest over Israel and, uh, you know, then the Phoenix. So um, as we see these eight players coming together, um, you know, will pieces are going to start to come together. Um, you know, are those eight, uh, eight of the 10 that, uh, you know, Revelations talks about the 10 horns that rise yeah. up. So. The 10 horns. Wow. Jesse, what a show. My goodness. The amount of stuff you put out today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And, and you know, for those of you listening, um, as time gets more and more compressed and as we get into these days, more and more, more and more is going to come out. Um, and, and I also believe just that God is going to give you more revelation as you read your scriptures, mm -hmm. he's going to start showing you things that, you know, you might've read something for years and then all of a sudden it means something differently. In fact, I would pray, pray to the Holy spirit that they, that, you know, that that's granted to you as you read your Bibles and you need to spend more time in it. As I do, I need to spend more time in it as well, looking at God, worship him. Um, time is getting pretty short. And by the way, that's celebration time for, for us because, man, I've only had a glimpse. I Listen, I've never been in the throne room like Jesse, uh, but I have seen the thousand years and what that's going to look like. And, man, it puts this uh, this, this stuff to, uh, to shame. Let's just say that. It's going to be wonderful. You're going to love it. But it's never too late. So I think Jeff, you know, if you'd like to, <coughs> in a, you know, an altar call, you know, it's never too late to, you know, whether you've been walking in the darkness, whether, you know, you came to Christ at a young age and turned away, it's never too late to come back to the Lord and to have that relationship with him. And, um, you know, you want to be able to navigate what's happening in this time, in this present day, um, there's only one way to do it, and that's with the Word of God, and um, and the Holy Spirit. Because you can't even understand God without the yeah, Holy Spirit. I was just going to say that understanding the Word of God does not happen if you don't have that relationship with God and are filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, that's the Spirit of God is the says He's the Counselor, the one who reveals things to us. Um, you know, his anointing teaches us all things. So um, it's vitally important. But if you have not done that, today's the day to do it. So Jeff, would you lead us in a, a prayer for that? Yeah, so it's, it's a free gift to you, but the gift wasn't free. You have to understand Jesus Christ was God and he came to the earth born of the womb to create a new creation, which is the God man, which paved the way for your sins to be forgiven and for you to enter heaven. And so if you say this prayer with me, you have to acknowledge that. And, you know, God promises, it's his promise, knock and the door shall be open, but you really have to want him to answer that door. Because if you say the prayer and you don't really want to give up your life uh, for a much better one, by the way, your life, you'll, you'll get so much more joy 
you'll have so much more fulfillment in your life. By the way, and uh, from my experience, God will start to dismantle uh, some of your life because a, a father loves you and the father doesn't want some bad stuff in your life. So just say this prayer with me. Uh, say, Heavenly Father, I know it, in the depths of my heart that Jesus Christ did come and did walk on the earth mm -hmm. and that Jesus Christ did go to the cross for me and he did it for the remission of my sins. He fulfilled the law and my sins are forgiven and it's only because of the blood of Jesus Christ that I can now enter into the gates and go into heaven and I commit to having my sins washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ and that it covers me and I pray that God starts to work in me and I pray that God starts to use me for his kingdom purposes because I am now after saying this prayer I am a child of God and I want to walk in God's purposes and I pray that in the name of of the Messiah who has come and risen. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. I just pray if you said that prayer that the Holy Spirit just fill you up and just start burning the iniquities out of you right now and just give you a, a, a just a, just touch you because when you're touched by God, it is undeniable. And if you said that prayer, uh, send an email to uh, write on Jeff. Uh, at gmail.com and what I'm going to do is I'm going to be forwarding it to some of the people that uh, work in Jesse's ministry so that they can uh, make a prayer over you and and pray that someone comes to because listen this we're, we're on the internet I, I don't want to mm -hmm. cast any illusions about who we are but you know we'll pray that someone will come into your life that can actually disciple you and walk with you uh, through this stuff and you know, everyone needs fellowship. We're not meant to be six feet apart, Jesse. We're mm -hmm. meant to, to to be in our togetherness, and that's uh, uh, what an honor. Thank you, Jesse, for even bringing that up. Thank you. All right. Well, Jeff, I think that was an amazing show. Uh, well, you blew me away, Jesse. So I do need to say this before we go. Of course, I need to say love your God, the most high, not the small G God. We're talking God, Jesus Christ, God. You've got to be careful these days. People are accusing us of lots of stuff, Jesse. Love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community. <laughs>